Hello and welcome back to this episode of Aldi's Mamiya and Me podcast series. Try turning it on and off again. Try turning it on and off again. Is that is that a clue to this week's guest? Uh, I have that in my head anytime anything doesn't work. And that is all thanks to my pal, Chris O'Dowd. I met Chris in UCD college many years ago, four years ago, we're still so young. Um, he has gone on to have an unbelievably amazing career. He is Hollywood funny man. He's a writer. He's an actor. Um, and he's still good old Chris. Um, I know that we are all so proud of his successes and uh, I was delighted to chat to him about life and surviving the last year and a half with young children. He's been uh, living for the most part in LA and I know he's been away filming on jobs as well. So that was a lot in the middle of everything that was going on. So um, yeah, it's been great. I haven't seen Chris in the flesh for yonks because of world events. So it was really lovely to sit down and have a catch up chat with him about life. I hope you enjoy. Chris, good morning. Oh, Schnuberson, what a pleasure. Where are, <laughs> where are you? I'm in, I'm in London. London, England. Oh my God, I've heard of it. I've been there once or twice. I love it. Love what they've done it, with the place. They've made it all grey, which I think was brave. Come here, was it not boiling? Did you just miss, did you miss the heat? Although you've probably come from massive heat stateside. So I just... came from heat, yeah. And I um, I was born to the mother of dragons. <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> I came from California over the weekend and it was hot there. And I'm in quarantine here now. And so it's warm enough, warm enough, but wet, warm and wet. But listen, today is like your, I, I feel bad that we were going to record today because I know that you're coming from the States maybe two days ago. So today is like your, your official worst day, isn't it? The second day. How, how is your jet lag? I'm always, not that I had it in like two years. I miss jet lag. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like I've slept so badly for a good two years now. It's really hard to tell. <laughs> What's jet lag? I'm like, oh, I'm up at four. Well, that's normal now. So <laughs> totally, <laughs> I think this is it. But that's when I got the first vaccine, you know, I was like, how do you feel? Do you feel tired? I was like, I, that's just my baseline, I think, at the moment. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was the baby, if it's just like general worry about the world or if it's about let's let's just go vaccine. I have no idea. Well, also, I think when I got my vaccine, there was kind of, oh, well, is your arm? So I'm so used to the, the kids punching me that it's hard to tell where the pain comes from anymore. <laughs> Jesus, I have to say this to you, this is awful. A buddy of mine, his, um, oh my God, his, he has like a, 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 what would he be, four-year-old as well. And they were messing around and his four-year-old hit him with a toy and displaced his retina. Stop it. It was, it was, it's really bad. He's in hospital now. I'm, I'm laughing. I shouldn't. But is he, is but, he, I think eyeballs are the most, are the worst thing. Like don't come, awful. do you know what? Kick me anywhere. Staple my face with something. Don't come near my eyeballs. Is he going to be okay? Is this? I mean, they said that they, they've, put, they've reattached it or whatever, but now they have to <laughs> burn the bomb. They have to keep an eye on it. And, um, <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't know. He, he, it happened in, when we were in America, he's an English guy. It happened when we were in America and now he came to London and it, he thought it was going to be okay and it just kind of came off. You know what, Chris, that's my work. Like with all the injuries Brian got over the years, the one that oh, I had yeah. the most problem with is one that he signed up for himself was to get his eyes lasered. And because, right. so you, there's two options when you get your eyes lasered. You can get it, both sound gorgeous. One, you can get it like scratched down and then they no. laser it. Or the other one is that they slice it like the end of a piece of ham, flap it up. It's the word an eye flap. <laughs> I'm going to need an option C, Bob. Yeah. But they said he couldn't do that because he was still playing contact sports. So if somebody like lashed him in the eye and it flapped out, that's not great going forward to like see stuff. So oh. he opted for the scratch down. But all of that, it was like, I can't listen to this. Another time, you know, he'd be like running into people with his head or, his, you know, his, his shoulder would be out. It was dislocated. It was like, are your eyes, are your eyes going to be OK? So I hope it, kids are kids are dangerous. They're so, like evil ninjas. Well, this is why I don't let my kids um, look at me in the eye. <laughs> exactly. in case. And is it is it so you're so you're you're over in England for a little bit and the fam are away. So you, you should actually technically be able to sleep. But because of jet lag and everything else, you're you're not and you're still feeling tired. I think that the kid, the, the Dawn and the kids will be over next week or yeah. 10 days, I think. 
And uh, I think that the sleeping thing, I would definitely blame on the kids initially, but not anymore. Really. No. They, they kind of sleep later than I do now, but they ruin me. Done. You're done. But does she, does Dawn have to pack all their stuff? You basically was like, I'll get a head start. I'll be, I'll get over there. And it's, Dawn has to, it's the packing that kills me every single time. And he came to Wexford and I, I forgot everything. I brought a suitcase, which I thought was smart of, I mean, of their shit. And, uh, and we had a bunch of stuff here, so it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, it's going to be awful for her. <laughs> She's fine with both of them on her own. Oh no, oh no. But is there, can they watch, like at least there might be a stage where they can, no, it's bad. There's no way, there's no, that's a long no, flight. The flying thing now is actually not so bad. They're, they're, they'll, because they'll watch screen. So it'll be okay. They're in an age where like even travel, all of that kind of stuff. And if they haven't been anywhere, that is exciting. It's just hardcore for her. It's, it's also the stress of your kids making noise. I think for other people, for you, it's actually okay. But when you're in proximity to anyone else, that stress like doubles, triples, Awful. quadruples. Especially when they're young, young. Now they're like four and six. And so it's not going to be, there's no tantrums really anymore. But when our art was, the, the eldest one was quite tantrumy when he was a toddler. And that was tough. That was a tough trip. I did a trip to California with art on my own once when he was, ah, he must've been one and a half maybe. And uh, he would, just wouldn't go to sleep. And it's a long, long flight. And so I gave him a bit of Calpol and nothing was happening and so maybe an hour later, I gave him a bit more Calpol and I was holding him in my arms, trying to get him to, to, to nod off. And he looked up at me with the cutest smile and then just puked all over me. <laughs> and, he, and that was the moment when I realized, of course, I packed extra clothes for him. Of course I did. For you? No. I, well, I flew to Australia with Sadie when she was four months old, which was intense. So That's that was, a trip. I think it was about 17 flights, but I ran out of nappies halfway through, I think. No. Yeah, it was the, air, it was the pressure. It was the, whatever it was. But um, the, mo- the most stressful part was worrying, was everyone else okay? You know, because yeah. I, had a, I, had a, I had a kid. Traveling with kids is, is horrendous. Have you ever done the thing where you've just gone into the toilet? Like, because they wouldn't stop crying or whatever. So you're like, I can't put people through this, especially if it's a night flight. And so you go into the toilet with the baby. <laughs> but then when you, they do the, I remember if you close the door, if you like lock the door in an airplane toilet, the lights come on. That yeah. would wake the baby up. So I'd go in and have to have, not the door locked, but my foot against <laughs> Ah, look. This isn't, this isn't human. You're a tall man. How do you fit in there with like children and like... Not comfortably. Not comfortably. It's, it's, it's unpleasant. It's, uh, do you know what? I, I was thinking though, because I've had two bouts of um, food poisoning or like extreme, oh. just feeling like I was going to die on airplanes. And I don't know which is worse. I don't know which, if I would prefer to be on my own or then to be, prefer to be with a screaming kid. I either, everything is great. I just don't think I've got luck with, with long distance flights. So I just, yeah. I'm going to text on and just wish her all the best. I, I gotta say, I flew on my own the other day and it's Creamy. great. <laughs> so nice, so, so nice. I we we came to Wexford two weeks ago, and I it took me a, a day to pack a full day. Um, I had been out, I had been had friend over the night before, so I was like a little bit hungover, very hungover. Actually, couldn't even speak. And the day went on and on and on. And I was like, everyone just has to leave the house. Everyone just has to leave. I can't concentrate. Send Brian ahead with like the baby and my son. So I have my daughter and the dog. There was also the dog. This is the dog. I packed everything for everyone and left my suitcase at the front door that I had to come back for the next day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's off. The packing thing. I'm with you. The packing thing and getting, especially if it's, we're here for six months. So it's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff. But also because they're growing so quick, we're going to have to buy new stuff anyway, really. There's no point in packing. And then there's a seasonal stuff, you know, like, what are you going to get when you're here? And then you're here for six months. But that's really, that's really exciting. So you'll have a little bit of time to settle in here before the guys are over. Chris, I'm trying to think the last time we we met in person. No, it's been ages, hasn't it? Because we first met, we first, I know you years and years and years, even though we're only in our mid-twenties. We do know each other 20 years (laughs) since we met in college. So don't even try to do the maths on that one. We first met in Dramsock in UCD and we've been pals since then. And uh, I can't believe that is literally 24 years ago where you were fresh faced from Roscommon from your from your GAA goalkeeping days. <laughs> I literally got the bus down the road. <laughs> 
right. Yeah, and we met, we met there. We both joined uh, Dramsock and UCD, where your uh, career started and flourished. I think we were in Winnie the Pooh together. Was one of the first our first plays. That's right. We did Winnie the Pooh. You were um, you were really Kang- I was like, I can't remember kangaroo. One of the kangaroos. Kanga, you were Kanga. That's right. I can see your little, your silly little dimpled face jumping around. Well, you were obviously Tigger. Oh God, I was the, Tigger, the role you were born right. to play. It was the role I was born to play, and I do that lyric thing, the the song for the boys all the time. It's so sweet. But it was that. So you you start starting out as an actor. Did you know that you wanted? Did you know you wanted to do that? Is that why you started? Is that why you joined Dramsock and UCD? No, no, I didn't really know what I want. I joined loads of societies. I was going to ask, what are the I bet you were in loads of them. Loads and loads. I think I was on the, on the committee for around eight different ones at one point because I didn't know what else to do. I wasn't very academic, as you know. We were doing the same course-ish. Doing the same course. You say you're not academic, but you are one of the people who has, I think, the best memory of anyone I, I know. You've got a pretty good memory. I do have a good memory. Why do you say that? Because I rem- I don't know if I've said it to you before. That's a, a, a good way to go into I don't have a great memory. I'm not sure if I've said it to you before. I, I remember in our college days, we'd be walking through campus and you'd pass someone. And you'd be like, hi, Steve. I'd be like, who's Steve? And you'd be like, Steve lent me like a red biro last October. <laughs> <laughs> memory. Yeah. You have I'm like good a- with people. I just wasn't... Good at people, but also Chris, you didn't really go to lectures, and you like you passed everything. So that obviously, I think you've got your like you've got smarts. Well, no, let me like I didn't even get my degree in the end. Did you not? I thought you did. No, I didn't pass. No, I I got through a fair whack of it, and then I started running the fucking national student drama festival in my finals. Oh, that was perfect and timing. That was the end of it, and I kind of I got accepted into my postgrad, so which wasn't academically based. And it was very hard to motivate myself after that. While it was like doing plays and stuff to think, okay, I really need to hand in this essay. No, and when you were having too much fun. How much fun were you having when you did break your leg and then my mum ended up driving you to your finals? Oh my God. (laughs) Also, can I just say, my mum loves this because you're so tall. You're such a tall person. And I I can't remember what car my mum had at the time, but you didn't fit in it. So the only way you fit in it was like to lie on the back seat with your leg out of the front window. That's right. <laughs> like, so that was. That's, that's also right. just. Oh God, I love your mum. But yeah, so we both 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 did. You see, Dramsock. I, I for me, it was like, which was a bit ridiculous. I when I joined UC, so I went to school down the road. Went to school before that down the road. So I was like, I have to have something else in my life that's not, you know, everybody going to the rugby matches. So I was right. like, everyone's everyone's just coming here and going to see rugby. Ended up marrying Brian, which you know that was, <laughs> came full circle. I was like, I need, to, I just have to experience something else in college. So. Went downstairs in the LGs, met you guys, had the most fun for three years just hanging out with you lot. But um, yeah, for me, I was like, I, I think that that, like, I didn't think acting was a viable job. And then I saw you guys doing it. And then you were the, I think you were the first person I knew that was actually going to go to drama school, actual drama school in London. Right. I, cause I didn't really know what else to do. And I thought, OK, if it, it was, it was, it was hard to get in. And I thought, okay, well, if I get in, maybe that's a sign that I should be doing. I was working in a bar somewhere in Dublin at the time. And I went over for the auditions and I eventually got in and I thought, okay, well, I have no other plans. <laughs> so let's, let's sort that out. Um, but I did, I, I did, I went into it like you kind of thinking, oh, well, this will be something different. And I kind of got roped in a little bit by a mate that was auditioning for some pressures play or something. And and honestly, by like the the end of the week, I was like, oh, this place is, this is, this is fantastic. This is just a bunch of weirdos who don't feel like they belong anywhere else. And they're down in this dark basement beside the pool tables, which was handy. And I was, I was a fairly heavy smoker and the whole place was like, it was like a cigarette factory down there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I thought it was, I thought it was just so much fun and so... Wild. It felt fairly wild at the time, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, there was a lot of drinking whiskey down by those lockers. They were great days. They were formative days. They were brilliant. But I can't imagine you doing anything else. Like you're you're a you're a born entertainer and look how your career has just flourished. I can't imagine you doing doing anything else. Were 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 you like that? I also can't imagine you being anything else but yourself as a kid. What were you like as a kid? I know you're about six foot five at like five years of age. I was. I was a big fella, all right. And I think that was, to be honest, I think that kind of shapes a lot of your personality. I was, I was young. I was tall, so young. I was like six foot when I was 11 or 12. And it kind of makes you, whether you like it or not, 
a focal point for people because they can't help but avoid your big stupid head and so then you have to if you're going to be looking at you you might as well say something funny well I, I think I had the opposite because I was small so I was like I better speak up or nobody this is ever is going to hear so I had like we had like op- polar opposites of like the height scale <laughs> but um no it was it, it, like I think those are formative and I think it's when you, where you come in your family because I was middle child I still don't know what middle child syndrome is because I was the only girl I think it was different as well um my brothers are both like yeah. si- over six foot so I don't know what what happened. So it was. I felt like I had to be like a little terrier to like to get to get noticed. So you were the yeah. opposite. You were just like I'm. I'm. I, I'm. I'm tall. So I. Do, do, I mean, I, I'm well, sure. I was the youngest in the family. So I was the youngest of five. So you kind of end up with that, like I suppose, trying to entertain everybody or like looking for attention or whatever it is. And then in the kind of school scenario, you're like, oh, well, everybody's looking at me and I've got all of that attention I was craving. And then over the rest of your life, you slowly try and um, need it less. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, almost getting there. Did you look up to your siblings though? Oh yeah, they were very funny. Like my sisters were great. I mean, just, I didn't, my brother who was 10 years older than me, I can't remember being around that much just because of the age gap. So he would have left home by the time I was, you know, 10 or whatever. And so really, I remember, like, if you think about those Moonboy years, it was kind of really those three girls and us trying to slowly murder each other, but also make each other laugh a lot. But you, go, you come from a funny family, like you looking up to your sisters. I think, do you think that, I mean, it, it all is formative in your younger years, what you're going to yeah. do or who you're going to be and where you come in the family. Um, yeah. And I just, it's the crack and freedom, I think, of those years growing up and where you fall in the family. I, because I met you as you, you've always been the same. You've always just been the friendliest, larger than life, funny you know, inclusive, everything. It's just, and that's still who you are now. And I, as I said, you're just a born entertainer. So I can't imagine you not being, you know, because I've spoken to people and they're like, well, I kind of got to 15 and realised, you know, kind of found my voice and stuff. I can't imagine you never being Chris at like age, like as soon as you spoke, I can imagine you just. I think that, I think I was definitely this type of personality. And then I think that, you know, things happen over time. Like my, my sister had a kid quite young and that, I remember that being quite a big, part of our experience you know as a teenager of having a baby around which was kind of fun like and it's so funny he's now a personal trader and i like when we were in lockdown he's like my personal trader so how old uh, were you when he was born i think i must have been 13 or 14 maybe oh wow so it is almost like another sibling to you in a way they really like an age gap if your brother was 10 years and then there was a baby who was like yeah. and you were 13 we were a multi-generational family. But I remember him as like, when I used to babysit him and he would, I meant to say this to him the other day, he would um, he would find like cigarettes that I had stashed around as a baby and just break them up and throw them away. And even now he's like trying to take care of my health. I think it's adorable. He was always, he was born to be a PT going around I breaking know. your cigarettes. They were expensive <laughs> in the day. I'd say yours, what are you doing? I'd, I'd say they were nicked. Oh, stolen. <laughs> I'd say, well, talk t- taken off some older sibling, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but do, when you think of your childhood and growing up in Roscommon, is it like, do you have a nostalgic longing for that? Or do you just, you know, do you think oh, I'd love to go back to those days? Or do you just, or what is your, your memories of your, of your childhood? I mean, I, do, I, I'm, I, I definitely have a little nostalgia for it. I don't know if I'd go back. You know, you find so many other things that you just adore as you get older. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do miss the some of the simplicity of what all of that was and obviously all the lack of responsibility was great absolutely and I do miss being in living in like somewhere a bit more rural sometimes yeah but we've had it a little bit um the last couple of weeks because we haven't traveled for holidays so we've like recreated our kind of child like being back down in Wexford where I spent my summers went to the Aran Islands last week it was lovely don't get me wrong I'm looking forward to going away at some stage and sitting by a pool in the sunshine but there was something really lovely about it and the kids adored it just getting a boat over went in a sheer you know got bike, bikes and cycled around there was just something so so lovely about that oh it's gorgeous we actually went camping I brought my eldest camping on Ackle oh lovely the, the, the year before last with my sister and her family they, my, loads of my family go camping over in the west of Ireland and they'll go over to Boffin or they'll go to uh, Ackle or whatever and it's got I mean it's so beautiful over there it's yeah. stunning and you just kind of forget about everything in the world because the the rain is so heavy your brain doesn't really work (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> there was literally nothing else to focus on except the exfoliating your face with the wind and the rain. Oh, but art, like my eldest, just absolutely loved it. Just so <laughs> we were down by the beach, and he's like, "It's so ready." He was wearing his clothes, and he just walks into the sea. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's gorgeous. Over but they there. are getting the Irish, that Irish summer then, so they'll have that in their memories, memories growing up as well. Totally, yeah. Oh, they will, and I, I know, we'll hopefully get back. Well, we will get back at some stage later in the summer. So, Chris, you're probably bored out of your mind talking about lockdown. But how did, are you guys okay coming out the other side of it? Was it like it's been a it's been a fun year and a half, hasn't it? Okay is a big word. <laughs> I mean, what does I that mean, even mean? We're. I mean, it was, you know, it was definitely like, it was up and down, wasn't it? Like we got through, the first while wasn't so bad. And there was a little bit of like, oh, it's kind of nice slowing down for a minute. But that lasted maybe a month. And then it was, it was weird being in California because we obviously last year was, we had the the Black Lives Matter protests and we marched a lot and then everything got a bit hairy for a while. There's a lot of politics as well happening. A lot of politics. The Yeah, the election obviously was bananas. Yeah. And then the lockdown of it was okay. The, the, I have to say the, the schools just closed like that. In California, they just went bang. And also, did they ever reopen? I feel like the schools in America never came back. Did no. they? So were you doing, so, so in, in Ireland, and I don't, a lot of the UK, I think we were kind of on the same trajectory timeline. The schools were closed, then they managed to reopen them. So we kind of had pockets and spurts, and then there was just like the looming, they're going to close. But I feel like you guys just, stay, they stayed closed, and it was just on remote learning f- for a year, was it? Well, we did little bubbles of five or six students. So we would host like school, I suppose. For I one remember day. Dawn saying that. Yeah. And I, which I thought was really clever. So you've got one intense day and then you get a few days of not doing that. That's right. And then they would go to, uh, Art would go to somebody else's house. So it was like one full on day a week that honestly Dawn did most of the legwork on. And, and then the rest of the time it was remote learning, which, you know, was pointless. <laughs> For that age, I mean, getting my trying to force my three-year-old to look at a screen when what I'm trying to do the rest of the time is not let him do that felt so counterintuitive. But it is. It's like I'm having arguments with my then five-year-old, just going colour in a triangle, and then you'd hear yourself and just go, "What? <laughs> yellow, yellow." And it was like, this is so stressful for everyone, and this little face just going, yeah. "Like what? No crack, no friends." Billy hates triangles. <laughs> he's he's since, better with squares. Since he had, since, since he was forced to give up the oboe and play it. <laughs> exactly. It's just something we've learned. We've learned, you know, so many things about patience, about ourselves, about. And then we just know that Billy hates triangles. That's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's been a lot of learning over the last year and a half. But we had the first, the first bit was, I mean, again, I don't know if you guys were the same. Yeah, there was a kind of a, because it was new and yes, it was terrifyingly scary. So after the first couple of weeks, and I was in the States, so I was in New York in, on that first weekend, I was away with my brother. He was doing a play in New York and it just, it, it just turned on a dime. It was like, uh, mm. I was over there and none of, none of the people in the play with him had kids and they were like, but how bad would it be if we got stuck in New York? And I was just like, oh. like get home to my children and my family so it was and I was like yeah yeah um uh trying to enjoy myself while silently weeping into a cocktail going I can't can't be stuck here and then they actually did close international travel on the Thursday and we got out on the on the on the Monday it was it was really 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 stressful for everyone oh I remember that because Dawn was in London at the February and um and that was a kind of a crazy time because it was just after Caroline had died and it was Obviously, just horrendous. But then Dawn tried to get out of London. Like, everything seemed to happen so quickly to an extent where we're like, oh, you need to go to the airport now. And I'm sure there was part of her that's like, this feels like this could be a couple of weeks off parenting if I play my cards right. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but no, she no, she was terrified of, of not getting back. So Because it happened so fast that I went to New York on the Friday when it was, I know it was kind of, it, it wasn't looking great, like in Florida. And I was like, okay, we're in New York. It'll be fine. And then that was the Friday. On the Saturday, New York declared a state of emergency. So that happened in 12 hours. And I was over there, you know, when you're like, but guys, I'm on, I'm on holiday. <laughs> This is like, I'm here for good times. 
Did you tell them? I told everyone. And nobody listened. Nobody listened to me, Chris. I was like raging, just going, this is not all about you guys. But it was, you know, and then got back and then it was, it was, it was uh, pretty fast. And again, it was like, what are we going to do? The the schools might not open again until after Paddy's Day. That was at least, that was like our biggest worry. And then it was like opening in September. But like that as well, it was like, the beginning was like, brilliant, I'll get time to clear out the kitchen and like I don't you know this is going to be and then it just just it was I found it insanely hard so much so because then I got I was pregnant and then had Ted at Christmas and then going into the second oh like homeschooling God. thing I just was like okay, I'm not doing it I sometimes it. forget you just did it again why did you do that why did we do that they were just at the stage where they could actually like you know get dressed and turn on the TV and make their own breakfast and then we decided to ruin it only joking he's very cute and he's deadly oh I can't wait to oh he's just he's such a legend he's just so chilled and he has no other choice because we're just like you are here in the chaos but he's brilliant (laughs) but I I, I do forget sometimes like when I was was getting ready to go somewhere the other day Brian walked into the kitchen holding him and I almost went oh my god but everything is fine I mean obviously I'm coping very well that I forgot that I had him (laughs) do you know what I mean we're doing well (laughs) but has has has, like uh, did your plans change in lockdown like did you were you meant to be off somewhere were you at home and then did like was it was that kind of you know change in kind of parenting and everyone being stuck in the house together was that it's so funny I had totally forgotten that moment that you just brought up of like oh god we've heard that maybe the schools might be closed for a couple of weeks and I remember us going what will we do <laughs> and then it just closed for a year but we also we went to Canada we we kind of uh, we we were a little bit stuck obviously because of the pandemic but also we had uh we had bought a house the previous year and were renovating it when the pandemic hit and so then we were like oh well we have to keep doing it and then obviously just construction and everything slowed to a halt and then we're in deep financially on this fucking place <laughs> and we can't sell the place that we're in because you know you can't like there was nobody could come into your house <laughs> <laughs> so, so you like buying houses on eBay, though, don't you remember? Did you, did you buy or did you buy you bought loads no, of furniture bought and you bought a car? <laughs> I bought a car on Craigslist and ended up, <laughs> but it was cheap, you know. But it was it was a it was a 1969 Carmen Ghia. I just learned to drive when I was 30, and uh, I bought it. I paid for it in a Burger King in San Diego. And tried to drive it back and, and it didn't make it. Didn't make it the whole way home. We had to get it towed. And that was one of a dozen times. <laughs> yeah, but you've done really well. I think you bought like loads of stuff. And you're like, yo, I, I found that on eBay. And it was like, I don't know, like a furniture or like a wardrobe. Oh, and so yeah. I think you've done quite well. I'm a big eBay guy. Massive. I remember when I went to visit you in London and you would you did loads of return stuff, didn't you? So you'd bought a pair of slippers that you didn't want. And to to send the return on eBay, you came back and you, I think you haggled you, the um, the local post office to, to give you cigarettes for the slippers. <laughs> remember that I think this is amazing You're like, I don't, I don't need these I remember when I used to live with Dagmar another friend of ours I used to come back with sofas I had found on the street we had four sofas in this incredibly cheap apartment we had in Brixton and uh, it was these were not clean. Probably not the cleanest if you found them on the side of a road. Yeah, you, I always think you're big on sofas. You're big on the furniture purchasing on like online. But anyway, you couldn't sell your house. Well, we, managed, we, that we're, we got through that. And then uh, in terms of like our plans, we moved to Canada in January for six months for a job that had kind of got put back a few months because of COVID. And so then we did lockdown in Canada where we thought that it was going to be a lot easier because 2020 had been quite easy on Canada and then the day we arrived, literally the day we arrived, it went to a, into a stay-at-home order until the day we left. And that was tough. But at least the kids were in school there. The Montessori's and stuff didn't close. How do you mean stay at home for like months? For months. Nothing was open. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Like okay. You could go into the grocery stores toward the, towards the end. Um, but until then, you could go to work. And we lived in the... Have you done a COVID set? COVID set, like, yeah. Have I was you, filming over here on a, a couple of days on which something. Which is bleak enough, you know, because you just don't get to interact with anybody. And it takes away any kind of social element of meeting people and like hanging out with your crew members and everything. So it was kind of... We did that. So I went through whatever four or five months on that job without ever seeing anybody's face except for the, the one girl that I was in scenes with. 
It's like eleven year old girl. I know. No, it it's is. So it's weird. hard. And like there's so because cruise there's it, it's so being on set is always the crack because there's so many people there, so much crew, so much cast. But it yeah. is, and you you know everyone just having to. It just feels way more formulaic and less crack. And I can only imagine insanely stressful as a producer when you're you know t- testing and making sure that everybody is like it's 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 a lot. There's lots to love at Aldi, like being the most awarded supermarket at the National Parenting Product Awards with 22 awards, including goals for Mamiya Nappy Sacks 99 cent, the Mamiya Organic Baby Food Range from 69 cent, Mamiya Air System Nappies from 2.79, and Mamiya Newborn Nappies 24 pack just 1.39. Not yet using the Mamiya range? Definitely time for a change. <laughs> Aldi, every day amazing. Were you writing, Chris? Did you have to write when you were over the last while or did you, have you had to do that? Was, has it been mostly filming? I was film. I wrote, no, I was writing with Nick uh, Murphy, who wrote, who uh, I wrote Moonboy with, and we wrote something in 2020, kind of um, online or whatever. And that was grand. And we managed to sell that to get some cash in. And uh, then I ended up writing another thing while I was in lockdown. And we're trying to sell that now. And I found... That kind of a great way to get out of my head a little bit. How did you and, do it? Um, if you were, if your children were like crawling all over you, did you did, did you do it in the house? Did you do sh- like shifts with each other? Did you get out of the house? Uh, we a buddy of ours had gone out of town, so and he lived a couple of doors down. So I used to go down there, which was so lucky. And then when we were in Canada, it was tricky. Yeah, with kids kind of all over you. It was that was intense. The 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 whole lockdown part, the part of it that was hardest on me anyway. Or, the part that I found the hardest was was Canada. I found that the total isolation of it was really tricky. And, you know, we were really starting to miss people, I think, at that stage as well. And we didn't know anybody, obviously. And I, I think I felt guilty as well that I was like, God, I'm after dragging everybody up here and it closed down. And it's it, this isn't great crack. <laughs> like the film and the city and all of those things were gorgeous. It was just the lockdown of it all just made it really hard. And having to stay at home. Well, like even having kids, like to have a community and have the kids play with other kids. It's all it's right. a lot when you're everything to your children and yeah. your, and each other. Did you did you learn anything about yourself over as a parent over lockdown? The good and the bad. I found that um, there's definitely a limit to the patience that I have. And I, I feel like I've, it's definitely a fault of mine anyway. Like I'm pretty impatient. And sometimes that's been useful and it's thrust me forward in different directions. But Dawn would certainly say, <laughs> you know, that patience is something that I could do with working on a little more. And that was certainly emphasised in the course of lockdown. And just the intensity of, I found, and maybe this is being extraordinarily general, but there there are people who locked down what they really missed was company and for a lot of people what they really missed was space and for most of it I definitely missed having any space I found just the just that just the idea of being able to have a thought on your own without being poked in the ear that was exactly it and that's what I missed I did miss I missed the interaction for the kids more so rather than myself like I did miss family and friends but you know that time is where you've got time to daydream like the time where you're traveling somewhere or you're going and the the bit that's not just like working and then making dinner and being with the kids there's no time in between there was no there was no time for your mind to wander or listen to something or go out unless you were going for that that walk the walk and as you can imagine like winter in Ireland it was grim at one point and it was just (laughs) it's just so intense but there's no time and I swear like they do find you your kids find you even if you just go upstairs to pretend you're going to do something it's just that it's the the noise of them following and and like it's so hard on them as well when you don't have your any patience left and you're in bad form and it was just like all of that it was just it was a lot it's a lot to be you know on top of each other and everyone goes your kids are so resourceful and they just love being around their parents there was times where my kids were like please if there is anyone else out there if there is anyone else to hang out with it was and it's hard to be you can't be in good form all the time you can't be at your best all the time when you've had there's been no outlet no other outlet how many YouTube, like, jumping around videos can we do? Uh, one. I will tell you that. One. <laughs> After one, I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. I found these great ones. The boys love this thing, which was like, 
where you can jump around and like kick coronavirus and like <laughs> you see these they'd made all of these things uh, they were pretty oh, I love it but those things only cool. just 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 don't last that don't last that long but did you did having kids apart from lockdown did that change your creative process I always imagine you writing into the night which I always did as well or I don't know if you're better at a, at a day at daytime writing now or what or do you just have to change because your life changes yeah, I have really. I can't really not write at night because just because the kids are up so early, that stopped being a thing a while ago, which is a shame because I used to love that. And I don't know if I write as well during the day. I've definitely gotten better at it. Um, but it was it was tricky. There was definitely a point during lockdown when we had just finished like two weeks of like the the quarantine in in Canada. And I was like, great, because really what I, I can live without, what I, what I really need is just a walk. I just need to leave the house. And of course, you weren't allowed to do that. So I thought, well, this is going to be great. And now it's over. And then I gave the lads a bath one night and I was carrying Val down the stairs and I slipped over and my foot went into the wall and I broke two bones in my foot. I'm like, I can't go for a walk. <laughs> That's all I have. That's so unfortunate. But what kind, what kind of a dad are you? I can imagine that you like because you're both, and I you know how much I love your wife. I'd say like who's a disciplinarian? I don't know who who is between the two of you. Oh me. I, okay. Neither of us are big discipline people, and like when I'm a disciplinarian, in the sense that like I tell them that there's stuff they're not allowed to do, <laughs> and um, I will I will do little time like timeouts and stuff. But I can be. They're very. I'm very into them. Like being having good manners and stuff. And and so, and they're great, actually. They're pretty great at all of that kind of stuff. I don't know if they're... what The one thing I need to improve, for sure, is like getting better at teaching them to do stuff. Okay, so because out of ease, do you I just do it for them? You're, you're just go, I'll just do this, I'll just do this. And they... Yes, no, sure, you're six, I'll keep wiping your arse. That's absolutely fine. I know. Um, <laughs> it's quicker for me. This is quicker for uh, me. Yeah, honestly. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Of course, my poor youngest will be able to do nothing because I'll be like, there's no time to teach you how to feed yourself. He'll be like 21 and be like, sorry, guys, I just have to just have to spoon feed my youngest because I was just I was busy. I was busy. It was just easier to do it. for them. Or uh, towards the start of the year, we, we were looking at stuff and uh, and I was like, oh, and we were reading stuff. We were doing some reading and I realized, oh, Arndt knows less than he did like a year ago, which is <laughs> not the way that this should be going. Yeah, but listen, I don't know anyone who was coming out of that going, do you know what? If anything, I'm smarter than I was this no. time. Or if I'm, I'm ahead of schooling, not a chance. I think we just have to let one generation be a bit dumb. <laughs> it was, yeah, somebody sent me a meme of just like the, the, the homeschooling kids. It was just the dumb and dumber kids of just going, yeah. what? That, that is just the way it's going to be. But they'll be fine. They'll catch up. But I think that we've got a fair good, we've got a fairly good balance. Obviously, I'm fairly playful with the kids and there's loads of kind of running and jumping and lot of laughing and the lads are funny and now we're starting to do jokes which is great um and that's become a bit of a currency around the house of like literal knock-knock jokes and I love this thing that like when the eldest one gets the premise of how a joke works and the joke construction and can do a knock-knock joke and then the youngest one just thinks oh it's just words and so knock knock who's there a chair a chair who ah you're a chair brilliant it's all <laughs> that's the age thing that's de- definitely the difference with my two as well so my daughter oh, will be great. like like joe construction and then my little fella just wants to get in on the, on the gag and just speaks yes <laughs> just like, exactly these are words boom look at me one of them is literally just going look at me now that's <laughs> sometimes val will just say that <laughs> and I just love the directness of it. Hey, look at me now! <laughs> Do you know that he's so smart? He's like, I'm good. I, again. I'm short on time. I'm cutting out the, the all the bullshit. Basically, yeah. this is look at me now. I yes, he's basically on Twitter. <laughs> but what are the things you love about being a dad? What are your like favorite things, and then your least favorite things? I love them. You know, I love knowing them as people and hanging out and laughing and. And I do love taking care of them, which is also like the worst thing. It's just like taking care of things all the time is probably the bit that I find feeling that you're responsible for an awful lot of things. I find hard because I don't know if I'm very fundamentally uh, a, a very responsible person. So suddenly when it's all, when all of it 
when that happens, that's disconcerting. But then you get used to it. And then in terms of the other stuff, the sleeping thing was a pain in the arse, but I've just kind of gotten used to that. The admin of it all, I find hard. Like the school admin, travel admin, and they're taking them for shots and doing all of those things that just kind of seems to tick up all of that little bit of time that you had. Totally. Do you know one of my least favourite things about parenting? When they come at me with like key rings and ask me to take them off one thing and put them on another. Oh no, that's where I come into my own. (laughs) Brian says he doesn't mind that either. I'm like, my nail is literally bleeding. They're like, could you take off seven key rings off that bag and put them on that bag? (laughs) No, do you know what? Go find someone else. (laughs) I will take you for all your stuff. I will do your homeschool. I'm not moving your key rings from one bag to another and then just have bleeding hands. But you know, I'll I'll do all the other stuff. I don't mind the fixing stuff. That definitely makes me feel like a god (laughs) like I got this the mad the boys are mad for animal stuff like they're just animal mad they'll watch animal stuff all day nature stuff all day it's not all day but that's what they'll watch Um, but but then it means that they've got lots of toys that are like animal things that there's always legs falling off and so a lot of it is just Val walking up to me going leg fell off and just handing me the thing that's kind of 60% of my parenting that's a, you're the superhero to them and if you can fix something but my poor daughter had a leg full off her do- or doll and that's been hanging around for about t- two years I can't fix that I'll send it no. over to you if you're any do good it. at that I'll do it do you ever imagine them as adults like do you ever imagine when I, you know when they go through different stages of what your friendship will be like with them as an adult I sometimes kind of God, jump forward and go it's this weird thing I don't know if I think I just like want to be this queen when I'm older I'm like do you know what having kids is great because I just imagine them taking me on holiday when I'm an old lady oh that's lovely I don't know if they're ever going to do it but like that's why I've had them so they better I'm just like guys I've never thought of them as adults I've thought of them as like teenagers yeah and how like that's going to be tricky like two teenage boys and if they're going to be you know they're both based on their height things they're going to be taller than me that's going to be a lot that's going to be a lot of farts. There will, two teenage boys. And they will, they'll all, they'll all go through strange phases where they're, they'll hate us. I'm not looking forward to that because at the moment, probably with your boys as well, they just like, they love us so much and they were, yeah. you know, they're, we're their world. And then it, it's that where they start to pull away. I'm not looking forward to that. I will no, just try neither. not to be the needy, needy parent going, please hold me. I'll fix your doll's leg now. I'll do any key ring you want when they're like 16. And she's like, I, I, I don't have key rings. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm here for it. I got you some key rings. <laughs> I will take them off any zip and put them on any other zip you want all day long. I wonder if that's a maternal versus paternal thing. I'm not sure if that's a great fear. The idea that they will kind of pull away. I think that I have more of a fear that they just won't like me. I don't think, but, I can't see that. I can't see, but isn't it funny the maternal and paternal? Because I always talk to Brian about this, about the guilt, the mum guilt. And as much as I try to give myself an easier time, and I think I'm better at it the, the older I get with work stuff and balance stuff. I actually remember being in LA with you I don't know if you remember this and I was giving myself a massively hard time because I was oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was just, I, I, I wasn't enjoying either. I was like, I, I'm going to feel like I'm missing out if, you know, on, on, on job stuff and I had meetings. And you, t- you gave oh, me Oh, I remember that, Amy. You were yeah. going through the ringer. I was. And it was, I, you know, I was, I was only doing it to myself. I was like, I can't, I can't relax either place. And um, you, I remember you told me to read Amy Poehler's book because you had just read it. And it was really comforting. I went out and bought it and I loved her anyway. But it was just all about like, you know, the uh, separating yourself from that and I don't know if there's ever an, an answer but it was a real comfort and you were it was just really lovely in, in the moment for you to kind of recognize that I was in an absolute heap do you feel that when you're away or do, are you able to as well go this is I'm going to be here and enjoy it or there's always that kind of thing hanging in your head there a, a little bit but based on based on like talking to Dawn and you and all of the other mothers in my life it does feel like it's less does feel like there's I, I I definitely get pangs of guilt when I'm away or even when I'm at home I'm not playing with them and I'm doing something, I feel kind of pangs of guilt. But I think when they were younger, there was part of me that felt like, ah, they're small, they won't even notice I'm gone. And now that they're the age they are, I'm like, well, I'll talk to them on the phone. So it doesn't feel, I'm not, I feel kind of guilty. Like there's some guilt with being away from them, but also like that I leave Dawn with a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, but then I'd say when you're off, you're home and it's, 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 you know, you're, you're there day and night, which is, there's no, there's no, there's no right answer. I also think for, maybe it is for women, it, maybe it's just a biological thing as well. So you don't just leave your child there in a field on its own, that you're just. It used to be inside your body. Yeah, I know. It's bizarre. It is. It's so weird. So weird. Weird. (laughs) What is that about? They got to find a new way. (laughs) 
Um, Chris, I've kept you so long. I just want, I'll go through some, some like quick fire round stuff. What would you, what do you hope for your kids? What is, what's the main thing that you hope for your kids? I just hope that they find something that they enjoy doing. Yeah. And that they find love. And that's kind of it, you know, that they're just happy, really. I don't care if they're successful or any of that kind of stuff. But the idea that they're obviously just that, that they're happy and that they think for the rest of their lives that I'm the best person they've ever met. <laughs> exactly. That's my main hope. Yeah, that they don't go, imagine that, because we're all going to have failings. Like we, you know, we're just all humans who then have children, if you do have children. So all those imperfections don't change because you have a kid. That's what I'm so aware of. And I'm already looking now going, oh, I wonder if that's the thing that when they grow up, they'll go, do you know what? Mum was a bit mad and like, you know, always, you know, wanted to make sure everything was this, this. And I can already see it. I'm like, will that be the thing? Will that be the thing? They go like they're eye rolling. Yeah, I do. And I'm like, is it that? Is it that? Because it's going to be something. It's going to be like 10 things and I'm like what what is it so hopefully I don't know they'll like me more than dislike me I remember talking to my dad the last time I was home and we were talking and for some reason it had just never occurred to me that he had also been younger yeah and and so and he I think as a person got became a better father the more he did it yeah like and luckily there was loads of us so he got loads of opportunity but do you find that like now you're you're on three. Do you find that you're like better at it? I think I give myself um, less of a hard time and like that as well. Like I think I've, you know, when everyone's trying to be the perfect parent, again, like I said, if you're not the perfect person, like how are you meant to parent perfectly? You're, you're not. Yeah. So I think it's just like that as well. I just want my kids to be happy. But if, you know, if they understand that I, I'm not trying to put out the stall saying I try to do everything right. Like I've, co- we're all just, if you're trying your best, I think that's all we can do. And if they're happy and they feel safe and they feel loved, but like, I don't want them to ever have to feel like they have to be perfect. Cause I, you know, I certainly am not, but I think I am, I think I'm better at giving myself less of a hard time, which hopefully um, in turn makes their life easier that, you know, that if we're, if they feel safe and they feel loved, but I do think I probably get better at it, but I think that's just me learning more with age. I think just yeah. age is great in a way as well, because so many things now I go like, we're, we're middle-aged, Chris, we are middle-aged. I, I feel like I've been middle-aged a good 10 years now already. <laughs> but isn't there a freedom in that as well? There you go. Like, I'm not going to sit down and worry about this too much because everything is a phase. Everything moves on to the next thing. And like, if I make the best decision I can in the time with all the information that I have, that's all I can really do. And yes, there's a million other choices I could have made, but this is what I'm going to do under with circumstance, with time, with pressure, with everything else. And like that, invariably, there are going to be things going, you know, oh my God, mum used to do this or mum used to do that. And that's that's just going to be the case. I can't, I, I can't control all of that. Like, I can't. Well, I know you well enough to say that they're incredibly lucky to have you as their mom. Oh, isn't that so lovely? And likewise with your kids, you and Dawn. And listen, we're all, like you were saying, I don't know if I'm good at the admin. I don't know if I, you know, being responsible. I I, I don't know who is. Like, I don't know who is. So just, I, I think if your kids feel loved and you guys are just, just so brilliant and, you know, have great morals, great fun. And I think you are pretty responsible um, for the most part. They'll have loads of couches when they're older. <laughs> Who knows what they'll have, but I think that's lovely. And I, I think likewise back, back to you. Um, okay. So we'll do quick fire. I hope I've asked everything now. I was just too excited chatting to you because I haven't seen you in so long. We should definitely make our kids marry each other. Let's definitely do that. Yeah. Cause then we can just ha- hang out and see each other all the time. Yeah. That'd be great. Easy. I'll put that on the list of things to do. Um, what would you apologize to your parents for now? If you would apologize for anything. I hope that there, uh, I, I feel like I was actually fairly, my mother anyway would say I was fairly straightforward as a kid. So I don't know there was an awful lot to apologise for at that point. I think I was, I the annoying teenage f- years, I think probably for me to my mum. But they that's just yeah. formative again, you have to go through that. I think that my mother felt like I was a breath of fresh air after these wild girls who were just never, like my sister Jenny, who is just one of the most fun people. She just wouldn't stop breaking out to go clubbing. <laughs> and I think it used to drive my parents bananas. 
And so I think I was I was like footballing and working in bars and it was kind of I was a lot easier. And also they were like, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> You're not going to listen to us, whatever the rules are. Um, so I think the only thing I would apologize for is like, oh, God, I hope that I was doing all the Moonboy stuff that you were that I depicted you well enough for that it wasn't that didn't tell too many tales. No, you story. totally did. And also that is fiction. And you're talking about a child, you know, a yeah. mishmash of a family in your childhood. And Moonboy was amazing. And of course, of course, they of course they did. And also it's a reality of the family. It'd be a pretty boring show if you just said, like, everyone was really nice all the time. Nobody did anything wrong. But like, you know, this is just, you know. I, I suppose what I mean more than anything is that you bring an awful lot of attention to family when they haven't necessarily asked for it through the choice of your own career. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's all good. I listen, it's done now. Um, what was I going to say? Who would be your... Uh, celeb parents mine would be Steve Martin and maybe Goldie Hawn or Mary Steenbergen oh, I could see that I could see that uh, mine would be Jeff Bridges yeah and um, Jeff Bridges amazing god Mary Steenbergen I think I'd take as well yeah she's amazing or, uh, or who else oh maybe um, Jeff Bridges and um, Fanulo Flanagan oh amazing <laughs> yes Jeff Bridges what a couple what a celeb hell pen. of a couple we can make that happen <laughs> Absolutely. Write the script. Go. Um, two more questions. Did you, did you always know you wanted to be a dad? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much thought that you would say that. Um, Not sure anymore. No, exactly. Yeah. Initially, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it feels like this age is good, isn't it? This age is great. That's why, again, we've like we've regressed in having a baby. But even the baby is more chilled than the other two. Maybe again, because I'm we're more chilled. Oh, well, it's not only that. I think that like one, the first one, I'm convinced it must be like, why is everybody massive? (laughs) (laughs) They must freak out. But then with the second one, they're like, oh, there's one kind of my size. (laughs) Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not wrong. I, I still do it sometimes and you forget how massive you are to them like the ba- Ted will be like just on the floor and I'll go over and go hey and like his actual the shock yeah. his face like for him it's like he can't even say can you can you take that down a notch or can you no. not just like get in my gr-? they have no like you've, they've got, you've no personal space with them kissing all over their head they're like there's not yeah. one thing I can say going could you just back off I had a craft yeah. eye sleep and this is all just like everything is so large no they'll start crying to tell us that and we'll be like why is he oh crying? yeah that's what that is yeah. Oh, that's the crying thing. Yeah. Oh no, I'll definitely, I'll definitely get used to that every now and third kid. That's what that is. They're not tired or hungry. I will miss the smooching though. I am, I am going to miss the like the baby. Like they, they, Dawn definitely will. Like they, she loved having baby babies. I know. I, like I like this age. It's great, but I'll miss that. Oh, oh, oh I wanted just. But you can still do that. It's just in the privacy of your own home. I think the, the kids will there will come a stage where they're like, "Please stop doing that in, in the supermarket. Please, please stop. It's too stop much." Being so delicious, then. <laughs> yeah, it's your problem. It's your fault. Stop being so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you're. Thank you so much for chatting today. Um, I can't wait to see the kids and you guys and, and and have you over. And the best of luck with the job and writing and everything. And loads and loads of love. And thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Well, that was such a brilliant catch up with Chris. I hope he's got some kip. I'm going to try to get some sleep. I've no excuse. I'm not even jet lagged. I feel like I'm permanently jet lagged at the moment. That's fine. That's about me. Um, Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, if you want to tell us your own stories of woe, I'm here for it. I'm here to listen. Um, So send in your stories, any funny anecdotes, any anything gorgeous that has happened over the last year that you've learned, that you've learned that you're good at, you're bad at parenting wise um, about yourself. Or if you just if you just want somebody to talk to send us in your stories and your communication to communication that's weird anyway send it to aldi.ie forward slash mamia that's m-a-m-i-a bye Aldi is home to Mamia, Ireland's favourite baby range and winner of 22 National Parenting Product Awards. Mamia is also loved by maternity hospitals across Ireland, with Aldi having donated 65,000 nappies so far. The range includes nappies, extra sensitive baby wipes, night pants and much more. And it's quality you can trust. It's even better than you were expecting, when you were expecting. (laughs) In store and available on Click and Collect, Aldi, every day amazing.